This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Tip. I'm your host, Megan Batoon, and I'm so excited for this episode because I love when people come back into your life at very interesting times. My guest today is my friend, Taylor Jade Edgen, who's been on the podcast before two years ago. And honestly, before we really connected on this current wavelength that we're both riding on right now. This time we talk about our relationships with ourselves, success, being particular, why communication solves almost every problem, and the ego death experience. If you're into the episode and feeling like paying it forward, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts because you wouldn't think something that small could actually help, but it very much does. Okay, enjoy this hangout with Taylor Jade Edgen. Da, 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 da. Drinking matcha with Megan. Oh my God, that's my new episode. <gasps> the, matcha with Megan. Yeah, it's going to be the new episode theme song. Wow. That should be a cool thing. I, if I had too much caffeine though, it's not good for me. Of matcha or just in general? Of anything. Even yeah. matcha might be too much for me sometimes. Yeah. But this is delightful. Taylor brought matcha and it tastes delightful. It is from the palm. <gasps> Little plug in Burbank. Little plug in Burbank. You came all the way from Burbank? I live in North Hollywood right now. Oh, nice. My last year in the Valley. You, you Wait, are you planning on moving? I have to. Because? I've been there for like, it'll be eight years in August. So you're like, after eight years, I'm leaving. I just have to. Really? Yeah. Where are you trying to move? Maybe. I mean, I like Glendale. Ooh. Glendale's nice. Yeah. I really like, I had a friend trying to convince me to go to Koreatown. Okay. Foodville? Mark, yeah, yeah. Maybe. But I don't know. I think Pasadena is like... Sounds yeah. really comforting to me. Have you lived in LA for eight years? Yes. From Colorado. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why did you move here? Dance. You were like, I need hardcore dance. Okay. So mm-hmm. is there a dance scene in Colorado? Now, yes, because Larkin lives there. If you know who Larkin is, he's yes. just a genius. But yeah, that's it's more northern Colorado. I was in Colorado Springs and it's just pretty non-existent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so you came here to dance and then you were in the dance scene for eight years before you started transitioning? I to would like- say like four years, maybe three and a half before what, I started transitioning. What was the... I guess the impetus from going from dance and auditions and like taking class where we met to creative direction. Like when were you like, I want to do this other thing? I have a lot of friends who are artists. So it made it so easy to want to be more involved once I was in sessions with them. Cause I was like, oh my God, you guys are making the thing that 
I'm like dancing on top of sure. or with or whatever, but being in the studio with them, I felt like I could really imagine what like a video would look like or a, a photo shoot that would be really nice with it. And then also doing like all the social media stuff I did for myself in like 2015, I got really lonely, like succeeding at it by myself. So mm. then I also switched my focus to, I might as well tell other people how to do it. And then we can all come up together. Interesting. The lonely part is interesting. Mm. Uh, tell me more about that. Because mm. I, I remember mm -hmm. like one of my friend's moms was like, if you get really successful, that's fun. But like, right. it will not be fulfilling mm -hmm. without people to share it with. Right. Yeah, I agree. And it was cool because I traveled a lot and I traveled a lot by myself and I learned so much about myself as I'm sure you do when you travel by yourself. But I think it just got to the point where it was like every job I was booking was by myself or I was like only doing brand deals or it just seemed like something that I would have enjoyed more bringing other people along for. Mm -hmm. And I still stand by that. Have you ever been through, this is like kind of vulnerable to say, but I have, I guess not, I've accepted it because it's not me anymore. But I remember in the beginning, I was kind of stingy with like mm. success mm -hmm. because I was afraid that if I shared it, then I wouldn't have it for myself. Right. Have you ever been there? I've actually been the opposite <gasps> always, which is very interesting. Yeah. I think- I just know how easy it is to be successful. I've seen people blow up really fast. Myself, like I got 65,000 followers in like six months. So Whoa. to me, that was like, okay, so this is really easy. And it's it was really apparent to me that everybody has their own lanes and that there's like an infinite amount of lanes. And a lot of the times paths will cross. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think I've just always wanted to bring people along with me. So I did choose kind of like made my dance career end as well because dancing felt really selfish to me compared to being on the back end of everything. Now I can like help other people's projects come to life. Right. When you say easy, what about it is easy? Do you think? Um, not easy, but it's like, oh, you mean like growing yeah. a following? Like, does it come, Bless her. thank you. Does it come down to consistency or just like yeah. overposting or like, yeah. what is it consistency. to you? Yeah. Definitely consistency. Are you allergic to cats? Gosh, I mean, yes, but oh, wait, also- you should have told me. No, I know, but I, I've come over here before and I've survived, but allergy season in general, the last couple oh, yeah. of days, cause it's been raining has just killed me. So it's not you crumbs, I promise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just easy to be consistent and to have a niche and do yeah. a consistent niche. I grew so fast. So I was like, wow, anybody else can grow this fast too. Wow. For me, I'm so tired. Mm -hmm. Like if I post once, I'm not going to post for three more days because right. I'm just so tired, but I've also right. been doing this for so exactly. long. Yeah. That I'm like, I've reached a point where I'm like, well, what is worth it to me? Mm -hmm. Like, is this worth posting for me? If I right. was ingesting this, would I want to see it? Right. And I think before, it's so funny that you mentioned that it's selfish. Well, I guess it's not funny. It's very like on point. Right. Because when I'm 
used to be posting, it was like, here's a selfie of me. Here's a video of me. He, and now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to make this a laughing situation because you're really going in right now. But I'm going in. <laughs> there's just this sneeze trapped in the top of my nostril right now. Yo, you know, like if you don't sneeze, it's the worst pain. Not pain, but it's like a sneeze is like one tenth of an orgasm. Yeah. So if you don't let yourself sneeze. It's like sneeze, a backwards orgasm. Yeah. Well, not backwards, <laughs> but like you're robbing yourself of a mini orgasm that's yeah, socially that acceptable. That, I'm like trying to sneeze. <laughs> you like carry pepper everywhere you go. A socially acceptable orgasm. That sounds so yes, nice. Because when people sneeze, it's like, oh, bless you. But like if you mm. were, you know, doing something in a corner, you're then right. You're arrested. You're right. I'm so- <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. So you were you were talking about how it's like it's I used to think that it was or it was very selfish. It was very much like look at me, look yep. at me. And now I've reached a point where it's, it is now on your end of the mm-hmm. spectrum of like here, it's giving back. It's all yeah. of us. But I'm really excited that you're back because the last time that we recorded was like two years ago. Yes, 2019. And both of us are like two worlds of different people. Oh my gosh. After, yeah. I mean, I tried listening to it on my way over here. I was like, I'm going to study and see study. what we talked about. <laughs> and then I think I made it through 20 minutes and I turned it off. I can't watch my old videos because I'm like, that's not me. Right. It's upsetting. But it, yeah. like the other hand is like, that's growth. Exactly. And how great that we aren't those people anymore. That's very true. Yeah. But I wrote a theme for this episode I because love themes. I loved, we hung out maybe two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. We had coffee. It was like eight in the morning, mm-hmm. which I loved. And we talked so much about everything. Right. And I wanted to, I guess, go like even deeper into how you are a different person than mm-hmm. two years ago mm-hmm. and hear about all of your relationships with everything in your life. So like when people hear the word relationship, they think romantic, right? But right. like we're in relationship with everything. We're in relationship with work, with society, with our pets, with matcha, with our significant other, with our friends, with right. our work, with our play, with our balance, everything. So I just want to like go down the list of like, what is your relationship with this thing and like how it changed Mm-hmm. I think that would be fun to hear from that you. That sounds fun. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so I want to start with yourself. Like, yeah. that's a huge one. Like, right. how is your relationship with yourself different than two years ago? Or even I, last year? Yeah, that too. I think I finally allowed myself to have balance for the first time, which I have never had Mm. ever. I think until the pandemic started because it forced all of us to sit with ourselves and be inside and not do anything, even though I think I did like 10 times more than I was doing anyway to make up for all of the time. But I also realized how important it is to have a relationship with everything else. Like, I don't think I was seeing everything in relationships. I was seeing everything in like tasks and to-dos. And since the last two years, I've ha- I've created a relationship space for everything that is in my life. So I had to have balance in order to do that. How do you start changing your relationship with, with balance and everything? Like, how do you integrate balance in a life of to-do lists? It starts by being overwhelmed. Yeah. Like having no choice, but to be like, I have to take a step back or else we don't see it. Right. It's like, everything seems like it's going fine. And even sometimes it still seems like things are going fine Mm -hmm. until I have a burnout and I'm like, okay, well, this is another area where I have to integrate more balance. 
So I think you just kind of have to be pushed like over the limit to be able to do that. And then when you hit the breaking point, what's the first thing that you do in in basically like putting out a fire? Mm, I'm very spiritual. So I find myself going back to church or going back to meditation or going back to creating something something that like my soul needs me to do. I really do the soul work and I listen to what is going to like heal me from the inside out and like put the fire out from the inside. When people hear that, that like maybe aren't as spiritual as us, like Mm -hmm. when, how do you, how would you say that you, one, ask yourself like, what do I need? Mm -hmm. And then two, how do you give that back to yourself? Right. It's a little tough to answer because, and I know you're the same way, like such an observant person that I'm always analyzing everything I'm doing at every moment and every thought that I have. So I think it's a little bit tough to answer that because I feel like I already had the awareness. Mm. So I start giving it back to myself in ways that like things that do feel comfortable, whether it is like taking a walk or going to the beach or connecting with nature. I think my spirit just like tells me whether it's like my own voice in my head or it's like a sign outside or, you know, something that pops up on the internet. I feel like those things I take into account. And I also like my fight or flight is very interesting where I'm like desperate to do something that feels good. So if something seems like it might help, I'm just going to try it out and see if it works. I'm not going to like push away or try to shy away from something that might lift me up. Yeah. I feel like that's how I operate in everything of like my spiritual journey has been like, my friends are like, you're one of the most open-minded people like Mm -hmm. in our group. It's Mm -hmm. because I'll try anything. Like I will literally, if it won't kill me or like be really harmful, like I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'll try anything. But that's the cool thing is like you find whatever modalities or like things that work for you and then leave whatever doesn't. Exactly. That's what bothers me so much about people that don't really see eye to eye on things. And they're like, oh, that's so insane. Or like, you're going crazy. But people don't don't say that to me. And it sounds like it. (laughs) But I've like seen people on the internet, like I've seen celebrities speak out about their spirituality. And then people are like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're you're going off your rocker. Like, what's the Kool-Aid you're drinking? And it's like, oh, no, like this is just being in tune. And this is like just trying things that will help you grow in whatever way. Which seems crazy to people who are closed off. Right. But like being open-minded spiritually is the best decision that I've ever made. Absolutely. Oh my God. And speaking to like your soul telling you what you need to do, sometimes I'll act like I'm babysitting myself when I Mm. start to feel it's, I guess it's like a way of me reframing like the inner child Mm -hmm. work is like, if I'm sitting and I feel a lot of anxiety or like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling good for some reason. I'm just uncomfortable. And I'll just go like, if I was babysitting baby Megan, what does she want right now? Yep. And the other day it was like, she just did like a lot of shit today. She just wants to like sit and read a book and like not talk to wow. people. And so I just did that. I and love it's like, that. Oh, Putting yeah. yourself outside of yourself. Yeah. That's very mature. And just like thinking of like a, think of like a younger you. Right. Right now. Mm-hmm. And think of her like right here. Right. Like, what be, does she need? Yeah. What mm-hmm. does she need? Would she be proud of you? Like that's a relationship right. too. Like yep. with your past self. Right. And with your current self. If you, depending on like, whose mentality you're like trying on in that moment. Yep. And they're all still there. So even if you think something's been healed anyway, probably still needs a little bit of work. So I I love that. I I think I'm going to have to test that out. 
being like the yeah. babysitter of myself when I'm in a moment like that. Imagine if in this room right now there was, how old are you? 25. 25. Imagine there being 24 other versions of you. Oh my God. Every year at a party. Imagine being at a birthday party. I don't know. With every age you've ever been. Who would you get along with Some of them to not show up. (laughs) (laughs) You are. No, maybe don't. You'll tell them like the wrong address. (laughs) Oh no, it was yesterday. (laughs) Um, Who would I get along with the most? I think. My high school self definitely needed the me now. So I don't know. I I do think we would get along. Oh, that means something. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I definitely, I think we would have gotten along because I think the me now would have been like, oh, you're so close, but something's just not clicking. I think the first few years I was in LA, that's probably like a person I wouldn't want to revisit, especially because it's like being right in between a teenager and an adult is just a very slippery slope to be on. And in LA. Mm-hmm. Such a confusing place to be when you're so that young. So confusing. Yeah. It's like you grow up so fast, like three times as fast as anybody else, I feel. Because of the location? Yeah. Ooh, tell me more. That's interesting. Well, I didn't go to college, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to like sit and party with like people and then like have... Well, I guess I did. I didn't have to like sit and party and then go and have a very set schedule to be a part of. Every day was me working to be successful rather than just working to fulfill a grade point average. Gotcha. So I was learning a new city and everywhere, you know, here auditions are everywhere. You could travel to three different cities in a span of like an hour to do three different auditions. So I was learning a new city. I was meeting new people. I was attempting to be successful or what that idea of success was to me. And yeah, it kind of, it like ate me up a little bit. I just became an adult so fast that my childhood self was still really confused Mm -hmm. amidst all of that. Cause I tried to like drop the child thing and only be an adult, which actually wound up being way less mature Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. So it was very interesting. I grew up really, really fast, like being 25 now and like you, you're about to be 30, right? Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy. I know. I can't wait to be 30. (gasps) You at 30 is going to be amazing. That's how I feel. I cannot wait. That's how I feel. I I feel amazing at 30. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like that speaks to the point of we grew up really fast, especially knowing some of the 30 year olds we know right now are not 30 years old. Yes. Mm hmm. What is your relationship with success now compared to what you thought success? Like what did success mean to you when you were 20, when you moved out here? Award shows and TV shows and commercials and booking things Mm -hmm. and making money. I think success now, I do still have that relationship with money where I do equate like a decent amount of success to money only because, you know, my family Mm -hmm. has that. So that is a goal of mine that I have. However, in general, success just feels like waking up and being grateful and being happy to be alive every day and experiencing like that heaven on earth feeling almost every single day. Cause obviously you can't have it every day, but yeah. What do you do on the days where you don't feel it? Vibe with it. Yeah, because that's what I'm, some days like I'll wake up and I will like 
There's an episode of Modern Love on, I guess, Amazon Prime, maybe. It's Anne Hathaway depicts uh, bipolar disorder, mm. uh, like in a, in a manic depression level. And it's like a musical in the beginning. And then you see her go through an episode and then come out of it. And it's this whole, Whoa. it's very cool. But when I'm on top of the world, like freaking dancing with source energy, mm-hmm. I guess. And I'm just like loving everything. Everything is a sign. Everything is a gift. The sun is shining. I'm dancing. I'm like singing. I'm loving it. Then maybe like three days later, it's just like rain clouds. Or even the next day sometimes. Or even the next day. So like, I want to know what you do so that I can write it down or like try the next time <laughs> that it happens. Because <laughs> I would text you, but I would also want like everyone to hear because when they see people really loving life and vibing with it. Right. It, that is not an everyday thing, even though like we want it to be everyday and mm-hmm. we can work really hard for it. Sometimes it's just like, that's not what's on the menu. Right. So what do you do when it's like a little cloudy of a day? I love that you said what's on the menu because my first thought was that intuitive working. I like work for as long as my body wants me to work. And then if I want to take a break and watch Netflix, I'm going to do that. It's the same with having a bad day. Like I just listen to what my body needs, whether that is taking a nap or it is screaming or it is going on a walk or smoking a joint, you know, whatever my body is like, this would feel really good to me right now. I'm going to do it. If it winds up being counterproductive in a way, like for some people, you know, they smoke when they're in a bad mood and then it'll like heighten their anxiety. If I do get to that place, because I've had that happen before, that's another thing that I like sit with and I have to accept like, this is what you're feeling like right now. Mm. Listen to how you're feeling and go do something else that is probably going to make you feel better. So I'm just very intuitive to what my body says that I need, whether it's rest or crying or sulking. Like sometimes I do just need to sit in a bad mood and Mm -hmm. be like, I'm in a bad mood today. Let me keep having a bad day. And then usually life will be like, okay, well... You don't need to sit in this bad mood all day. Let's find one thing that feels yeah. good. So, right. Yeah, I think I just let it happen, which sounds kind of counterproductive, but no, not at all. I mean, I think that's the only way. That's what the goal for me would be to live every day like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I feel even weird saying that because, like, in a corporate society, to be like, do whatever you want, whenever you want. It's like, okay, privilege, you right. know? Like, and right. I get it. We we definitely have privilege in order to make that decision Absolutely. of like having our basic needs met to go like, what do I want right now? And then right. like basically being able to give ourselves that um, and not to discredit all the hard work that we have to even also like help us be there. But if I could live every life, every life, <laughs> damn, okay. Maybe you are. If I can live every day, just asking myself like what feels good right now mm-hmm. and doing that. Like I've been intuitive working where I've realized that like in the mornings I'm really creative. And then towards the middle of the day, I am completely conked right. out. Like right. need to not do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I get creative at night and knowing that has been really helpful for me as a creative, which I'm very grateful that I've been able to make my, my work a business so that I can make my own hours because I know that not everyone has that luxury. But if, if you can figure out any way that you can just like be intuitive with what your body and your mind wants, like that is always, it's like the perfect, perfect compass. Absolutely. Well, even when you are working, cause I know we've probably both felt this when we were working, like we're having a bad day. Like I can't just go and take a walk or smoke a joint or do whatever I need to do to feel better. I think it's like the communication Mm. with the people around you of this is what I'm feeling today. This is what's going on today. So then nothing 
like else is expected of you and mm. you can still feel those things and be productive at the same time. Oh, I love that. <laughs> like how simple, like tell people, like communicate yeah. the things that we've been needing to know, or like being told right. our entire lives. Right. Well, I, I worked at a coffee shop part-time over COVID and one of the employees that used to work there had just started a bipolar medicine and he came into work that day and was like, I just want to let you know yes. if my mood switches up, like I like have been feeling really like having my episodes and I also just started a medication, which made me be like, oh, I respect you a lot for saying that. And then later in the shift, when things did start popping up, I didn't take it personally. Yeah. I was able to like nurture that, which then made me in return be like, somebody would do this to me mm -hmm. if I brought something up that maybe I couldn't handle the way that I would want to. That's so important. When I first got on my anti-anxiety medication, I think I told like two people on the job that I was on, but that's so, not even like medication based, but like telling anyone mm -hmm. how you're feeling. Right. Just this like where I'm at today. Yeah. So like when my, when friends come over and I'm in a sulky mood, but we have plans, I have like either an option of like, Hey, I'm not feeling this. Or if I'm still like still come over, I don't want to be alone, right. but I just have to like give like a, a vibe check. Like mm -hmm. I was like, before you come in, not even a vibe check, but like a vibe warning. Right. Like I'm feeling this way. If you're cool with that, welcome in. If not, love you so much. See you. Which is really whatever. nice of you to do because a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. And then they project their mood onto somebody mm. who maybe was not capable of handling that mood mm. either. Projection is so interesting to me mm -hmm. because when I was on my show, I would always think that people were in a weird mood, but it was actually me projecting mm. onto them. But I didn't know I was projecting. Mm -hmm. What is that? What is like your relationship with projection? <laughs> Ooh. Like, when do you know that people are, when do you know that you're projecting? When do you know that people are projecting? Like, what does it feel like? I have to ask. I ask a lot to the point where somebody sometimes is like, it's good. Like, you don't always have to ask me if it's good because it's good. But I definitely am an asker always. Like, is there a vibe that I'm feeling right now? Mm. Or am I putting, like, am I just making this up in my head? Oh, that's I always fun. ask. Mm-hmm. And usually it's in your head or usually Usually it's in my head. I definitely have had so many moments of people being like, I'm glad that you said that because now that I'm thinking about it, yes, there's this or this or this happening. But for the most part, it has been in my head, especially as an overanalyzer. I'm always thinking something is wrong. So it's very helpful to ask and have people be like, no, it's just in your head. Yeah. But that's like, so also like you're saying that it's nice to me giving people a vibe warning, but like giving some of the, somebody the opportunity to be like, mm. yeah, I actually am kind of mad at you for, you know, like not Venmoing me for dinner right. last night or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that would have sat for so long yes. if you didn't ask that question. Right. Oh my God. It all comes back to communication. <sighs> I remember listening to an advice podcast once and everybody that wrote in, it was like, this could be solved with just talking to yes. them. Yes. Yes. That's like the biggest, yes. my biggest relationship advice ever would just be like, tell your person everything that you're everything. feeling as soon as you're feeling it. Mm -hmm. Like if my boyfriend does something and I'm like, Ooh, that kind of hurts. I'll be like, Hey, that thing you said, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Cause it makes me feel kind of bad. And exactly. this is why. Or if it's not a space to talk about it, like in this moment, because I'm not sure if you've experienced, like sometimes somebody will say something and you're like, Maybe I'll do like a little sound effect or something. Sure. <laughs>
I'm open to it all. I completely understand. Just like, like reverse engineering editing right yes, now. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the sound effect of me not knowing that my battery was dying. But honestly, that something like that small would have pissed me off so much in the past. Right. If, if my battery died during a recording and I don't know when it stopped or if, if it was like more than 20 minutes, I probably still would have been mad. Right. But just because it was like maybe five minutes and like mm-hmm. we're, we have good energy, we're feeling good. I'm in a place of, of not freaking out. Right. It feels so much better to not freak out. I want to sneeze right now on behalf of <laughs> you just want a mini ass orgasm realization. I might. Okay. <laughs> I just might. Did you, have you ever like you two years ago and you now, have you been on a trajectory of like not freaking out as much over small things? Like I remember when I used to break shit all the time, cause I'm so clumsy. Like mm-hmm. I would break something and I would it would be like the end of my day oh yeah but now if I break something I'm like okay throw it away and I keep moving well I'm sure you've realized it too the more energy you give a problem the more problems are just going to naturally arise Mm -hmm. so I even noticed like yesterday I was feeling really down or I think two days ago when we were gonna hang out I was feeling really down about multiple things and the more I was talking about what I was down about things were literally happening on the spot. Like I have this big whiteboard that I just rearranged my whole room and the whole whiteboard fell down (gasps) while I was in the middle of talking, like just complaining. And then I started complaining about the whiteboard falling down and then my clock fell down. Stop it. I swear to God, I have things like that happen all the time. So I have to be very mindful of what I feed my energy into because the way that like God, universe, source, interacts with me they're like no sorry you're not allowed to do that wait things fall down all the time literally well things fall down or break or like goes really wrong when I feed that negative energy wow I have a really crazy story you want to hear yes so in 2017 I think it was I was very depressed like very not myself so inauthentic and there was this one day where I just kept complaining about everything all day what I was eating how I woke up what I was wearing and I went to go somewhere with my boyfriend at the time and I had left my computer screen open in my kitchen. My roommate was gone. It was just us at the house. I came back after having this terrible day. I was in a bad mood still. And when I reopened up my computer, the screen was shattered. Oh no. Nobody had done anything to it. Like I had just come home and I had a shattered screen. Wow, so how, how many times after stuff is breaking and shattering where you like, okay, I need to be aware of my thoughts. Like immediate. Immediate after the clock, yeah. after the whiteboard mm-hmm. and then after. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that Every single time. Cause I mean, God does it to me all the time. I've even had a situation like sitting with friends and we'll be gossiping and just like doing, talking the way that most people do that we really shouldn't do. It doesn't make us grow in any way. And we've had like the lights go out on us. Like mm. our power has quite literally gone out while we're in the middle of those things. So I just know I'm like a little too aligned to, continue feeding things when they're already in a downward spiral or else I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So when you catch yourself having thoughts that could invite cracks and shatters, how do you stop? Do you just like go, I'm done or (laughs) kind of deep. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you. And thank you. Do you just like stop those or do you have like something that gets you out of that mindset? I think I really just have to stop. Like I will tell myself like, stop. Okay. Stop. (gasps) 
nice. Mm-hmm. That's what I do when I start comparing myself to people. Because mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten through that. Like I've worked on a shit ton of stuff in therapy, but every time something comes up where I'm comparing myself, I just know it feels bad. And so I just don't do it. A funny thing that I've heard, which doesn't give either of us much hope for <laughs> 30 more years, is that 50 oh, no. is the age that you stop comparing yourself stop to it. everybody. Who told you that? Like, I heard on Oprah. I, like, <laughs> listen to podcasts all the time, and everyone's always like, ooh, yeah, 50. 50 is this age, and you do this at 50. And I'm like, cool, I have 25 more years of comparing myself until wow. I feel good in my skin, I guess. Oh, my God. Do you feel good in your skin now? I feel decently good in my skin. Compared to two years ago? Compared to two years ago. Like I definitely see areas of improvement. Yeah. And then also areas to improve that I'm like, oh, by the time I'm 30, I hopefully won't be this way anymore. Or even just seeing the growth of the last two to five years. I'm like, okay, well, in two to five years, I should hopefully be drastically different than I am now in a good way. (laughs) I hope. For the things that you still want to work on, like the improvements you want to make, what are small ways that you work on those? Like how do you implement little habits that make you not compare yourself or whatever those things are to you? I love that you said small ways because I think that is the answer. Like doing it in the smallest steps possible. So working out is a really big one for me. Now that I don't dance as much, my body, because I have like scoliosis and some issues with my joints, when I don't move, it makes me not want to move even more because I feel so bad physically. Mm. So I've had to start doing like hit workouts that are like five to 10 minutes long instead of doing like the hour long workouts that I used to do when I was super active. Right. So, I mean, that's like a very specific example, but that's kind of for everything. I just break it down into the tiniest steps possible and then start there. Yeah. Small things that changed my life. Like I was telling Tony yesterday that if I, have you met Tony yet? But he lives here. Uh-uh. Oh my God. Anyway, I was telling, <laughs> I've known him since I was 14 and okay. he moved here right before the pandemic. But, um, I was telling him yesterday about like if big goals, even if it's like edit a video, it's like, no, 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 you're not going to edit mm-hmm. the video. You're going to rough cut it. Then you're going right. to clean cut it. Right. Then you're going to add the colors and then you're going to put the music and then you're going to put text. And I do the same thing when I'm like cleaning my house. Right. I'm not going to clean the bathroom. Yep. I'm going to wipe the countertops. I'm mm-hmm. going to Windex the mirrors. I'm going to clean the toilets. Like it's, Breaking something down into minuscule tasks is the only way I get anything done. Exactly. That's pretty much the basis of my whole career right now. I do, I've been doing a lot of like creative consulting and brand developing. And I almost even want to say like job creating for people because Mm -hmm. they come to me and they tell me this idea that they have or like this dream job that they have. And then we're able to break it into teeny tiny steps. That's like, oh, I could literally start right now and have that goal done in like three to six months to sometimes like two years. Mm -hmm. But if you start now and you start so small, it makes everything else just flow so effortlessly. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine trying to become anything or do anything without knowing what the first like minute step was Mm -hmm. to go like, I want to start a podcast. It's like, well, what, how, what are you going to do? Do you want right. to start with like the idea? Do you want to start with like me starting a podcast? I just bought the equipment. Yep. That's not what I should have done. But I was right. like, if I buy it and mm-hmm. I have money in the game, I'm going to record something. Exactly. It's actually hilarious. Going back to me talking about our cringe worthy podcast. Yeah. One of the things that we had talked about was like what you can learn in a span of nine months. And oh. we were talking about like being 
a, a baby, you learn how to walk and talk in like six to nine months. So just thinking about all the things that you can learn to do in a span of nine to 12 months is pretty crazy. Yeah. What do you want to learn how to do 12 months from now? Ooh, like that's a, a really good question. Right after that, we'll take a break. This will be a good cliffhanger. Oh, cliffhanger now. Yeah, cliffhanger now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cliffhanger now so she can think of an answer. Okay, we're going to be right back. Where I'm at right now and where I was a year ago, I don't know if we talked about this, but at the beginning of 2020 was my very first year of not setting any goals. And I don't know if I've heard you say something like that or if we've had this discussion. I think we have. But I told myself for the first time, like I wasn't doing goals. I wasn't doing resolutions. I was just going to flow mm -hmm. and see what happens. And I've actually lived by that since then. Um, and the amount of things that I've accomplished just by, again, that like intuitive listening to what I want to do, it changes so often. So like, you know, in a year from now, hopefully I'll be like on bigger sets or if the world is open, I'll be traveling. But for the most part, I don't necessarily think there's anything that I can think that I want to have learned by then mm. career wise. Okay. I would say if anything, person personality wise would be just like being a better person and like mm. having people be like, you feel so much lighter now or brighter now, or I don't know. I can't even really think of it. Cause I'm just so on a pace of like going with the flow and letting things just naturally happen that my stomach that <gasps> I, uh, I don't know. I just am vibing. Have you always <laughs> been go with the flow or no? So you were rich. I've come from the camp of like rigidity yeah. are us. Yeah. And I mean, still, <laughs> I will say like, even now, if, you asked anybody in my life if I go with the flow, they would say, absolutely not. Really? I'm probably the last person that anybody would say would go with the flow. But I think in terms of like having a solid plan of where I need to be an X amount of time that I can't see from now, yeah. that's something that I've released. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I feel, I mean, like you are very organized and you're a go-getter and you're a doer and you're like very punctual. And so like, I see all of those things in me as well. So like that mirror is definitely like mm. a perfect reflection. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like your spirituality maybe is like what I see the most, mm. um, even more than like all the things that you do and all of your success. So like I see right. you as a go with the flow because your energy is very go with flow. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. I feel, I mean, I was very rigid, but even now I'm still like, I'm, I still like things very, I'm a particular person, but yes. I'm so much more go with the flow. Before you answer your, where you want to be oh, I didn't in a even year. Think about it. Okay. I do. Oh, wait, I was just going to ask you something. Sorry. It was really good. Let me think. <laughs> it was so good that it escaped. Um, oh, how do you feel about being particular? Because Ooh. I have a lot of people who would say my particularness is a downfall of mine. Oh yeah. What are your views being five years more wise than I am? Well, I wouldn't say five years more wise. I'll just I, give five you years it. Old. Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it takes it right away. Um, I don't know. I think that like being particular is not great if it is like holding you, like if it's mm. in handcuffing you. But I think the reason, the way I'm particular has helped me a lot, mm -hmm. especially being like a visual artist right. with interiors. 
hello, Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) I, I feel like because I'm particular, I don't know. Now I feel like I'm just like defending perfectionism. Cause like, there's that too. Like, it's so hard to go like, am I a perfectionist or am I super particular? I like things the way I like things because I like them. And I like to like Mm. the way that I like things. Mm -hmm. And I I like to feel good. And I know that the way that I feel good is to have things the way that I like them. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, like I here, this is a good example. I'm particular with like my house being clean Mm -hmm. when I want it to be clean. Right. When I don't care or when we're like having a good time, it I do not give a shit. Right. So I'm like selectively particular. And I think I also... Like my house isn't always clean, but when it's time to clean, like sis is getting on the ground and like Mm -hmm. scrubbing Cinderella style. Right. So I think it really depends on when I want to put my energy there. Yeah. And then that's fine. It's but that's also like intuitive cleaning or intuitive particularity. So I guess like my question is what what do you mean by downfall? I would say when the part your own or my own particularness doesn't match up with somebody else's and they can't understand or relate to that particularness like why are you doing that or yes, why does it matter exactly. so much or like why are you the way that you are type of situation which I think where I have grown especially in the last two years is being like because I am like that is how I am and not in a toxic way of like oh this will never change mm-hmm. because again, over being analytical about everything. I'm like, okay, well, how can I change this? Um, I I definitely think it has solidified being okay with being particular, but I still struggle with that sometimes if somebody else's doesn't align with mine and then Mm -hmm. we clash because of it instead of, well, how can we meet in the middle with particularity? Yeah. That is such an inch. I want to talk about this forever because I'm like, as a, as a boss too, like I exactly. am very particular, but in I, that's taken a lot of time and work to also go like, this isn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, one pixel, is that really a big, right. you know, like one, sometimes it's like, okay, quality, you know, it has to be this way because of X, Y, and Z. And like, I like my stuff being colored and like a lot of like right. YouTubers don't really care about like color correcting their stuff. But like, that's a, an artistic choice. I think I'm particular when it comes to artistic choices. Like re- what represents you? Yeah. Yeah. If it, yeah, if it's an expression of me, it mm. needs to be right. I relate to that. Yeah. Okay. But also it's a respect thing. So like yeah. the fact that you're punctual makes me feel really seen and respected. Mm. And when people aren't punctual, mm-hmm. I feel disrespected. Yes. Because you told me, it also like the, in like the smallest way betrayal, because right. like even using the word betrayal is like, like accosting it's it. It's like an internal betrayal. It's like a oh, made up betrayal. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's me projecting onto somebody else. Like, oh, you don't care about me enough. You don't respect me enough. You told me that you would be here at 6 p.m. Right. You're still not here at 6.30. Right. You hate me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm getting from this. Okay. You hate me. me. Oh, I see. No, you know what? I actually think you just like kind of resolved that for me because I do realize everything I'm particular with is something that would represent 
me in some way, whether it's like my house and how I want it cleaned like that. If it isn't cleaned the way that I feel like I want to be represented, that does feel disrespectful to me. Yeah, it's identity at that point. Exactly. So there's like a little identity crisis happening every time somebody's doing something their way that doesn't align with my way. Yeah. And that is something I'm going to work on. (laughs) Speaking of identity crisis, do you feel like you've ever had one? Oh my God. I've been through so many ego deaths. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. Okay. How do these come about? How do the ego deaths happen? Because like I've read about ego deaths and I I don't know where I am in my journey, but like I've read about people doing like drug induced ego deaths Mm -hmm. and like meditation based and like Mm -hmm. spiritual growth ascension. Like what does it feel like? Horrible at first. Really? Horrible at first. It's the cocoon part of turning into a butterfly. See, I feel like I've gone through that and it is horrible, but I wonder like how horrible to you. Like what's the, do you want some more chicken? (laughs) I know that you you don't eat meat, but like I hear your stomach. I think my stomach might be digesting the one tiny piece of chicken that I ate and just just like, what? You're like, we, your body is like, we don't do this. I know. But then I said, yes, I do. I was craving it today. Um, yeah, it, it feels really messy and really disgusting and you question everything, but then afterwards, it feels like a death. Like you literally feel like you're dying. And I won't say you, but I felt like I was dying. One of my most extreme times was like literally attempting suicide mm-hmm. and then being like, I'm trying to kill my wrong self. Oh, like a self that is not me. No. Yes. And I, I even wrote about it in like one of my poems. It said, um, all that time I wanted to die, I realized I was just trying to put an end to the self that wasn't me. Oh my God. Duh. <gasps> Do you see? I do. Do you see my chills? It makes me smile really big. And uh, obviously we're like talking about death, but that but, is how I feel. Oh my God. Like goosebumps beautiful. on myself. Yeah. It's, it was very, it's always been really scary. I think I had to experience the worst of it. So now every time I'm having a little ego death, I'm like, oh my God, I know what this is. I don't need to kill myself. I just need to like put an end to whatever is no longer serving me. How do you do that? Through different things. I mean, sometimes it's leaving a relationship, Mm. like a intimate relationship. Sometimes it's leaving a platonic relationship. Uh, Usually it has to do with a lot of relationships and then just tuning more into source and doing things that like my higher self is calling me to do and just putting so much focus on those things. Where do you find that your ego shows up the most in your like everyday life Mm. in my work yeah yeah I think me too yeah what do you think your ego is trying to show everybody that I know what I'm doing but it's like you don't people know what you're doing you're clearly showing what you're doing Mm. but I think a lot of the times people who have a lot of purpose get drawn back a lot because they are also meant to be like the proof in the pudding. Mm. So I've noticed for myself, not that I would call myself an underdog, but I do notice in a lot of areas where I'm like, oh, why wouldn't this person like choose me to do this? Or why wasn't I a part of this project? Or I, I find myself like showing people I can do something in hopes that they'll like hire me for something in return. Instead of just like being creative to be creative, I found myself proving things a lot of the time, but I also 
have noticed in that how unhealthy that is as well. And that I'm supposed to be taking my time on purpose. Like if I have a purpose, there is a reason why my timing is as chronological as it is, whether Mm -hmm. it's too slow or too fast for my liking. So I just rambled a whole lot. No, I think that's so interesting. Also coming from a dance background too, of like when you book a job, you are validated by somebody else. Right. Somebody else telling you that you're good enough. Yep. So I'm interested of like, as a kid, were you like a, an overachiever? Were you like straight A's? Like what's the, what's the, I guess the achiever in you? Overachiever, yes. Straight A's, not even in the slightest. I hated school so much, which I'm a little upset about now because I wish I would have paid more attention being an adult. But I was definitely always trying to prove something. I came from a small town. I got bullied for like all the things I was doing. So if I'd go to LA, people would be like, oh my God, you think you're going to make it and like do Mm. something. So I was always like trying to be the best dancer in my studio or trying to be like the most famous person, which sounds so stupid, but like the most famous person out of my town. And I definitely was always wanting to prove my worth for whatever reason that that was. Do you feel like you still have that now? Like everything, anything that you put out, is it like, like prove trying to, is it proving to yourself your worth now? Or is it still trying to prove to others? Definitely myself, a hundred percent myself. I don't, Yeah, I don't see myself doing things on behalf of others anymore, which feels really big. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Like, where are you at with that? I don't think I care about Mm. what other people think for the most part. Right. I think the one thing that I still care about that's external is like, if I were to get married soon Mm. or like not soon, but like anytime I get engaged, Mm -hmm. it's going to be like, this is too soon or this is too this. It's like, but it doesn't, that shouldn't matter. Right. I don't know why it matters. And maybe it doesn't, maybe it's all in my head of like, Oh, these people are going to think that who cares? Like, are the people, my husband, are the people going to be in my marriage? No. Like, why is it? Right. And also life is so short. Yeah. Really? It's, that's the whole thing is like, that's got to be my motto soon is like, who cares? Yeah. Because I just, I, I'm also like running out of fucks to give, which I'm uh, like, thank God I've been holding on to these for so long. Right. Like my arms are tired. <laughs> like, please. Like I'm literally donating just my fucks. like a bouquet of fucks. You're just giving it out. This is my fuck bouquet. A fuck for you. A fuck for you. <laughs> just, yeah. Oprah. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Like I'm done. Anytime that anything starts to make me feel bad, like I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Like I got an email right before you came and I was like, mm, I'm done with this. Yep. I'm going to do this tomorrow because yep. I'm, there's no room for me to care about this exactly. today. And I just remember me being, even when I was 25, like that, even two years ago, right. even last year, right. an email like that would have just like thrown, thrown you. me, mm-hmm. thrown me. Yes. I cannot be thrown. Ooh. I'm <laughs> I cannot be thrown. I cannot be thrown. Okay. I, I, we didn't answer oh, what's the your question? question about where you were a year ago compared to where you are now. Oh my God. I mean, in what ways am I the same? Like, yeah, I, I feel like I, the, the, the things that are the same are like my inherent, like not joie de vivre, like my, just like 
nerdy little like whatever mm-hmm. that I have in, in this, like that's always been there. And I, that's, I've ended up really liking that. Mm-hmm. And I think before it was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta mix that with like some cool stuff and some, I still have like a, a smart, like intelligence complex where right. like very similar to you needing to prove things to yourself. Like I still want to prove to myself that I'm very smart. Right. But it's like, well, <sighs> Why do I need to be so smart? <laughs> like, it's fine, but I'm still working on that. But I also like like to be smart and I right. like to read things that make me smarter. So I don't know if that's quite a problem, but I, I realize like sometimes when I'm doing a video and I'm like spewing some long term just mm. to spew it and it's like, well, are you doing this to show people you're smart? Mm. Are you doing this to like enlighten someone or like right. let someone know about something? Right. So... I've realized that if I'm ever saying something to use a bigger word, I'll use the big word because I'm either like integrating it into my vocabulary, but then I'll also use a synonym that everyone Uh, knows. I like that. So it's like, I don't want to make anyone else feel dumb because I hate to feel Mm -hmm. dumb. So I make sure to do that. But I like that. Yeah. Like I, I just, I, my biggest difference though, of like right now to last year, I just have like chosen what to care about. Yeah. Like what is going to ruffle me and what is like what I cannot be thrown from. Like, I'm just like, oh, I'm, I don't care enough or yeah. like really listening to my body and, and may, being an intuitive worker or an intuitive like friend or whatever. Right. I very much giving myself grace from all of the things that I was like, I was really hard on myself a year ago. Right. And now I'm just like, I'm on my side. I like that. Yeah. You're like, you are the backbone instead of having something that was your backbone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Oh my God. Yay for growth. You know, what's been the best, if you could give like one thing, whether it's like a thing to do or a mindset or like a mantra or a motto, what's like the one thing that's helped you the most in your growth and all of your ego deaths, mm. like everything that you've ever been through, what's like the one thing that you wish that you could tell your younger self for growth? I think just not taking things personally. I took and sometimes still take everything personally, which kind of draws back to everything we were talking about earlier of just like people not being the same person that we are. And that's still something I'm learning every single day. So I would say that would be my number one advice is just stop taking things personally because probably is not like 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. Oh my, that was like such a big lesson for me. Like Mm -hmm. it's not about you. Like people cutting me off in traffic. Yes. The first time that somebody did that to me and I cognitively was like, I am not going to get mad at this. And mm-hmm. it's them that are having a bad day. And I, I hope they're okay. Right. I said it out loud and I was driving with Amanda and I was like, I hope that person is having a good day. Cause it seems yeah. like they've got a lot going on. Right. And I like truly meant it. And she was like, wow. Oh my God. That's like so mm-hmm. mature. And I was like, what? That's like, this is not about me. Like not, I'm not a good person. Right. That's just not about me. And right. I understand that now. Also like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes of like, when I cut somebody off, what am I going through? Like maybe I have to go to the bathroom or maybe I'm just having a really horrible day and I just need to get home. Mm-hmm. Not that I cut people off like ever. I, and if you do, so sorry. I pride myself in being a very good driver, but I will say like, I've had moments where I haven't been like the most efficient driver. And then I've realized, oh, there is like something that happened. So now a same thing when I'm on the road, I'm like, it's not my personal, it's their personal. Mm. Mm -hmm. Not mine, not theirs. 
No, but mom. Not mine, yes, theirs. Not mine, yes, theirs. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, last time you came over, you were talking about the fact that you wrote a book. Yes. Which is amazing. And I held it in my hands. Yes. And I made you hold it in your hands. Yes. And be proud of yourself. Yes, you did. I was thankful for that. Is it out? Not yet. Okay. I have two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. but I did get like the newest printed version and I'm very excited about it. Do we have a release date yet? Yes. April 3rd. April 3rd. It'll be four, three, two, one. Oh my, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. Okay. So where can I buy it? It'll be on my website. Okay. I think I'm going to sell everything independently, which everybody has told me not to do. Oh, and really? I've gone ahead and going to do it anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> because- why not? Yeah. Um, but I, I had this whole, again, like a little ego death, but I don't know if I'd call it ego death. I had this more like realization of, I say I want to like be this role in society and like support all these causes and like be eco-friendly and whatever. And then I was like, I'm chopping down mm. so many trees t- to write a book. So I am doing everything, like all the packaging myself. I'm having, I'm trying to figure out if these packaging I'm getting is either going to be 100% biodegradable or 100% recyclable, mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the two. Um, all like my internal packaging will be biodegradable and then I'm like planting a tree for every yeah. book that's sold. So I figure if I do it through Amazon or something, I wouldn't have that opportunity sure. to do that. Maybe in the future that could be an option, but I'm really passionate about making sure that if it's going out, then it also has to be like eco-friendly and responsible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to put the website in yes. the show notes, but what is it for everyone that's maybe it listening? It will be com, which I'm actually working on that this week. So this will peer pressure me to get that done. Yay. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful to know this version of you. We have really grown. I hope I don't listen to this episode and cringe as much as I did. Or the other one. Well, we'll do one every year. Oh, and then we'll, so it's smart. like that Billie Eilish interview, yes. if you've ever seen it. Yes. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things to watch yes. on the internet. Oh my gosh. That, nothing sounds better than that. <laughs> okay. We'll see you next year. See you <laughs> next year or two years from now. Or... <laughs> Perfect. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>